Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number five for Wednesday, November 28th. You know, these lessons keep catching me off guard just when I think I found a really mild, gentle one. <laughs> it spins on me. One word comes out and the more I focus on that word, the more I realize this, this uh, lesson is very rich, uh, very dense. That you can really get more, so much more out of this uh, than I have time to. And today, because of that, I'm only going to focus one word. Uh, and I'm going to also uh, segue from what we were talking about yesterday, that illustration of the pressure cooker. Um, I really liked it and I thought, you know, long and hard after that, you know, there's ways, correct ways to decompress a pressure cooker, which are safe and they are incorrect ways to decompress a pressure cooker. Actually, there is a deadly, <laughs> very dangerous way to decompress a pressure cooker. And so yesterday we dealt with that, with the scenario of the pressures of this world and how sometimes in seeking to decompress we end up uh, creating some internal damage by the things we think are decompressing us when in reality they are not. On this lesson, I'm gonna use the same illustration but different application. Um, I'm gonna use just pick one word, a word that seems very benign, very user-friendly until you start thinking about it. And that word is tolerance. Uh, what do you think about tolerance? What are your thoughts on tolerance? How do you relate to that word? Um, in secular media, I mean, if we go in, into the world and we talk about tolerance, it is very, you know, it's a high virtue. You know, if you're tolerant, you are a-okay. Um, because tolerance means, you know, basically unconditional acceptance. You will accept anything and everything, which is a false notion in and of itself. You cannot accept everything in the name of tolerance. Um, I mean, would you feel comfortable having... Ku Klux Klan people manifesting and uh, distributing their ideologies and philosophies in your school, in your neighborhoods, uh, making demonstrations. Would you want that in the name of tolerance, acceptance? Uh, you know, how about Nazi? You know, of course, those things are intolerable. They are unacceptable. So tolerance is something that, you know, we grapple with in society. We may think we we want certain things. Uh, we We... Want it to mean certain things. We need to be careful how we define tolerance. And of course, the Bible gives us uh, a different perspective. And that's what I want to uh, present uh, today because I think the the church's the biblical version of tolerance is not just something applicable and healthy for the church, but something that I think the world, if it were just to give the Bible a chance to present itself, would actually like the way the Bible presents tolerance. Now, we'll begin uh, how God usually begins by telling us what things are not. Uh, tolerance is, is not the same as ignoring or avoiding. You know, sometimes we think tolerance is, well, I'll put up with that person. I'll put up with this individual in, in church. I'll be tolerant. I'll tolerate their presence. That's not how this word ought to be applied in church. That's definitely not the way the Bible presents uh, the healthy version of tolerance. Uh, actually, the, the Bible is pretty clear. When you think of tolerance as you try to ignore the person or ignore the issue or avoid either the person and the issues because they're inseparable. You know, issues come with people. You never have an issue just hanging in limbo. It's always attached to a person. And so you cannot ignore a person and the issues that they bring to the table. This is unhealthy pressure. And you see that in Genesis chapter 4. 
uh, with Cain and Abel. Cain has an issue with anger, and God is trying to help him to face that uh, pressure from within. Anger is creating pressure within Cain, and there's a healthy and unhealthy way to deal with pressure. Tolerance creates pressure. Tolerance means that there is something that has made me uncomfortable, something that has caused me to step out of my comfort zone or uh, just uh, made me feel that this is awkward and I'm not used to this. How do I relate to something like this? And so tolerance is, you know, the word that we're, we're focusing on. And what does it mean? The Bible actually has another word in, in place of tolerance, and it's the word bearing or when you bear with one another. Cain was not willing to bear with his brother, and so he ended up uh, taking his life. So this issue of pressure cooker, I mean, just like I said, you know, there's healthy ways and unhealthy ways to deal with uh, pressures, and there's other pressures, you know, that the Bible speaks of uh, that are created by the presence, the behaviors, the choices, the attitudes of other human beings in our lives. I'm going to read to you three verses, and uh, we're going to look at how bearing uh, with each other uh, looks like, how, how to tolerate one another. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14 is the first one that we're going to be looking at. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. But above all, a bit above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Here we have encapsulated everything that the lesson stands for. You know, oneness in Christ and tolerance. Tolerance, actually, if you ignore someone, if you avoid something, you're not creating oneness. You're actually creating a very hard line separation. You're, you're needing to create boundaries between your this person and you. And so the way that the, the, the world presents tolerance in its uh, dysfunctional application of the world, it doesn't create unity. At, at the best, it just creates a, tension, a, a situation of tense, fragile uh, containment that anything could set it off at any time. It's not that what we see in society. Individuals under extreme emotional pressure, belief pressures inside their hearts, their minds, and then one day, boom! They explode, you know, they, they commit crimes, they go on a shooting spree, they go into a church and shoot individuals that they don't even know. They go into a synagogue and shoot people that they don't even know. They get a hotel room and from the window, they just start randomly shooting people. Those are individuals that are pressure cookers that have not dealt with tolerance in a healthy way. They have tried to avoid individuals, they have tried to ignore these issues, and it's just blown up. And the collateral is pretty heavy. And what happens in the world can happen in the church, maybe not to the extreme of that kind of, I mean, you could, but usually in the more, the more common manifestations is through words. The, the, the misuse of words and the misapplication of facts, uh, misstatements of facts, the, the hints that are off-colored, all of those things, they may be more on the passive-aggressive side, but nonetheless, they are manifestations of a unhealthy pressures, uh, an unbiblical approach to tolerance. You can only put up with people up to a certain point. That's not tolerance. 
Tolerance is not heaven asking you to hold your breath for as long as you possibly can. Eventually, you got to breathe. And the Bible is not asking you to hold your breath. That's not the tolerance the Bible presents to us. Cain was uncomfortable with it, with it. And I think to some degree, we all may feel uncomfortable with the way that the Bible presents this uh, humility, kindness, meekness, long-suffering. These are not natural for us. Our culture is constantly bombarding us that, hey, you're not a doormat. Hey, you have rights. And in the Bible, none of those things are not ignored. The way that the Bible presents is we're valuable. God gave his son for us. So we're not doormats. But that's the point. We all collectively are not doormats, which means that you may make me extremely upset, but my upset, uh, being upset at you or having angry, anger towards you does not give me the right to treat you now as a doormat because you provoked me. Intolerance is not just enduring and just pretending it didn't happen and allowing that pressure to accumulate within me. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgive one another. Bear with one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond, the glue of perfection. That's tolerance in the Bible. The, uh, the willingness, the opening up of my heart so that I may receive grace and I may flow grace. I may have the outflow of grace, a conduit of fresh grace, every day receiving and every day giving. That's tolerance in which I can, I can simply say I forgive that person for what they have done. I can forgive that person because they, their behaviors, their choice of words, their choice of, of values uh, affect me. But I choose to forgive in the same way that Christ has forgiven me. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 uh, through 3 uh, say this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all loneliness, lowliness, and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, Paul says so much in such a small space. It's very condensed statements. Uh, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. That's tolerance. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, loneliness and gentleness with long-suffering. Patience. The long-suffering is just the, the King James, New King James uh, uh, way of just simply uh, depicting patience or describing patience. So long-suffering is not simply a, an ignoring of the person, but rather confronting what I feel with that person or how that person makes me feel and choosing the path of Christ. Uh, how patient has God been with you? Uh, how long has God been bearing with your stubbornness and mistakes? Well, own that. Own that. And with that, you get the experience of, you know, Matthew 18, when... Peter's asking the Lord, you know, how many times should I forgive? Seven times. And God gives a parable. Jesus gives a parable of comparison, of perspective. A tolerance is being able to relate someone else through God's perspective. And when God gives Peter that parable of that servant that owed that king, you know, several million dollars, and it all gets forgiven, but he cannot forgive the $10 that his friend owes him, that is a parable of perspective. How much have I been forgiven? 
how much does God have to tolerate uh, in my regards, in my stubbornness, in my backslidings, in my inconsistencies? And when I compare it to what God has to endure with me, how does that measure up with what I have to endure with someone else? That, that gives perspective. And so the tolerance does not become an issue of me holding my breath, but actually breathing, of actually being able to say, man, you know, uh, I if God is willing to do this for me, he will empower me to do the same for that individual, for these individuals. In the church, this is crucial. In the church, tolerance is a key factor in experiencing oneness. And we may think it's a comfortable pill. The world may talk tolerance, but we see the reality of that tolerance. It is just not very tolerant. The church, we are the same human beings. The same human beings that are on outside of the church are the same human beings that are inside the church. The only difference is we have access to grace. We have access to a reference point that the world does not have. The last verse that I want to look at is Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 to 3. It says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ultimately, tolerance is obeying God. Tolerance is forgiving. Tolerance is being patient. Tolerance is through grace, being able to say, I may not see eye to eye with this person, but the love that comes from God that fills my heart surpasses whatever thing this individual may do or may have done. It surpasses that. Therefore, I am able to experience oneness. Tolerance is about the pursuit of oneness. This is something that, that we read. Um, but endeavoring to keep the peace endeavoring to peace to keep the peace you know in ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace you won't you don't you won't settle for simply uh, sitting in one pew as far away as the other person that is not something you're going to sell well at least i'm in the same church with that person and as long as i don't talk to that individual then i'll be just okay that's secular worldly tolerance the, the tolerance that Christ presents is the tolerance from Gen Genesis chapter 4, in which God pr pursues Cain, God approaches Cain. It's a Matthew 18 kind of tolerance in which if a brother sins against me, I approach him. It is modeling Jesus Christ. It is modeling our God and Creator. Tolerance is that capacity to pursue oneness when I have reasons to no longer pursue it to extend forgiveness, and to seek for fellowship with individuals that may not have desired or may have made decisions that pushed me away. Tolerance is not an easy thing, not with the way the Bible presents it. And you and I are invited to ex experience this. And you know what it makes me feel? It makes me feel like I need to pray. If I'm going to have this as tolerance, if this is the definition that I need to embrace as a Christian of what tolerance means, I am in desperate need of the grace of God. I am in desperate need of the Holy Spirit filling me with a love that I have not for my brothers or my sisters. This confronts my need today of having a deeper experience of perspective. Lord, open my eyes to see what, how much you have forgiven me so that I may be able to extend that same forgiveness to, towards others.
the very first verse we read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, where it says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. This is how a, a small slice of how the Bible presents tolerance. And though, it, yes, it may be uncomfortable to our carnal nature, it is a pleasure, it is a joy when we see the fruits of tolerance because we see unity. We get to experience oneness. The sister, the brother that at one point we may not have had fellowship or a desire to interact with, sometimes um, through this uh, process of obedience to the Word of God, we can experience friendships that we never thought possible. We may experience oneness that we never thought we, we were capable of experiencing. We were certain that there's just no way for me and this individual to ever walk together. You know, there's a promise in Luke 18 that Jesus told the disciples, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So don't limit what God can do if you submit to the path of obedience to the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that tolerance is an intentional seeking for oneness with those individuals that we're having a difficult time with. So what, how will you apply this to you in the church? How will you apply to individuals that maybe right now you have justified yourself from being estranged from, from avoiding, to not speaking, to no longer engaging? The silent treatment is not tolerance. The silent treatment is how the world pretends to deal with it and it turns you into a pressure cooker. Now, God offers you a different option. Instead of being a pressure cooker, become a watering hose. A watering hose that is continually receiving fresh water. And the reason it can continually receive fresh water, it is because it is continuing letting it flow through. Let the grace of God flow through you. Let His forgiveness flow through you as well.